espresso. Mesh. Espresso mesh. Espresso. I hope you did you miss us I don't know sorry I hope you missed us I missed everyone I missed you guys I missed the listeners but we had to take a week's break because of stuff life happens sometimes yeah sometimes you just need a break don't you yeah I always need a break so I feel like I need a break it's like Uh die under a rock somewhere Although yeah, Edward was annoyed, like, we're, like, where we're having a break from the thing that we like doing, so I know. things that we don't like doing, which is always actually, fun. Yeah, that's literally so accurate. Yep. I had to do shit I didn't want to do. But, oh, yeah. I got to see you, Yaz. So that was nice. Yeah. Went for a wee walk. I know. Was so good. Lovely. <laughs> I've got something for you as well, because I just ordered some uh, retro clothes from Beyond Retro. Remember that place at Brick Lane? <laughs> Yes. Bricks, oh, Soho. We've got one in Soho. Oh. Okay, it's got a £5 off your next store purchase, so obviously I can go there, but you know, if you want to pot rounds, you can have it to take that one with you. All lockdown nonsense goes away, you guys need to come visit me in London again because I miss you. Um, but anyway. Well, yeah, I could use it then. It doesn't say it's got like a, an yeah. expiry date on it. So, oh, well, you've got to spend £25, so essentially you're just spending 20 quid. <laughs> can definitely spend 25 quid in there easily. Oh, I'm, I, I'm wearing a nice leopard print Levi's hoodie that I got from, ordered online. I've got like a Georgie yellow raincoat, you know, like from it. I've got purple, a purple Levi's shirt. I've got a 1970s butterfly style flowery top, which is gorgeous. And then what else did I get? A Ralph Lauren hoodie, the hooded oh, nice. uh, track top in red. Nice. Pretty good. I miss being in shops and touching things. <laughs> yeah, I love shopping. I want to shop now. I'm so so used to shopping online. But anyway, what's this week's topic? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> this week's topic is uh, shopping. Shopping, <laughs> retro clothes. The weirdest thing you've ever bought. <laughs> but it's not. It's Eastern <laughs> European <laughs> mythology. Twisting <laughs> story. Uh, well, I'll start because I think, well, we were talking about Eastern European, is it? Yeah. Is Poland part of Eastern Europe or is that more Slavic? Or have no, I, I mean, Slovakia and Poland are both part of Eastern Europe. Yeah. Okay. Everything I've done is from Slovakia. Right. Okay. Well, I'm looking at Polish mythology creatures. Oh, nice. I find it really interesting. And the one sort of link that links them all is that they really don't like women. <laughs> I feel like most cultures don't seem to like women. Well, that most of these um, demons or Polish creatures or spirits are all sort of women that have either died before they're they were married, so they died virgins, or they <laughs> died before they could consummate their marriage, or they drowned, or they had a baby and died with a baby, or something like that. And they oh, women. Sure. yeah, it's always women. And I started to think, what is their beef with women? Like, why? Although they claim that they're not misogynist about it. It's just the way it is. I mean, I agree with you, as that I think in most cultures, they villainize women and also claim not to be misogynists. Like, yeah, basically. I mean, if you're dead, if you're called evil, if you die in Poland in mythology, you don't really have much chance of going to the after, like, a nice heaven or whatever, because chances are you'll turn into some sort of embittered creature. So, like, there's one that's called the, and I'm really bad at Polish, so forgive me, I'm not really going to pronounce any of these right, it's um, the Polish for fiery serpent, and it's the Latawik, or the Latawika, 
and it's the souls of miscarried children, people who were hanged, convicted villains. All of them were to be transformed into great blackbirds after death, affecting atmospheric phenomena. But not only that, they loved going down to earth and seducing people. There's a lot of seducing with these um, creatures as well. Yeah, <laughs> So in today's Dictionary of Phraseologies in Poland, includes the Polish Latawika as a cinnamon of a sexually promiscuous person or people. And it was the latter activity that caused the idea of the fiery serpent in Polish folklore to change over time. To the, uh, through the clergy, they began to be associated with large lewd air devils, like horny devils, I guess. Their favourite pastime is harassing bonus. Horrible against men. <laughs> this makes it sound like men are evil. Well, they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they like to harass honest and god fearing women at night in order to persuade them to commit the sin of impurity and become one of those these birds. So if you're like a horny woman, mm, no, you're gonna suffer for that for your sins. Uh, the the lat- it, it targets women basically. It doesn't target men. The latter yeah. will spare no women. He wants them all. Yeah. <laughs> the latter weeka has done it with every man in the village. Oh, it's not picky then. Innocent boys, good girls, should always be on your guard. It's just a really, Sorry, really boring spin. Uh, it must it just probably not fussy then. I guess it just wants to fuck everything that moves in the village. I mean, I'm not judging. I think it's cool that it's bi. I like that there's some sort of a bi. Yeah, because it says, it says that they have the ability to take the form of an attractive young man or a fair woman. So either, I guess it's whatever you fancy. If you're if you're attracted to men, it will come to you in the form of a hot man. Or if you're attracted to women, same thing. Whatever, transgender, whatever, it will do it. Binary one. Yeah. Um, so something there for everyone there. Good. Again, there's <laughs> there's like souls of children that parted the wor- the world while still in the womb or after birth, but before baptism. Such prematurely deceased children were to be guided by immense envy that they did not get to enjoy their lives. Oh, well. That's so, just mean. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a, a horrible way to think. How it really you? is. Like, just because... It, I don't think it's their fault that they were miscarried. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, not, it's not fair. It's not fair. Um, they were usually buried just about anywhere in secluded spots so that no one finds a corpse. Their souls went to eternal damnation, transforming into bird infants, flying at night and attacking pregnant women and young children to suck out their blood. It was retribution for the harm that they had suffered. And it says meeting this bird at night might, however, be a meeting with another Polish mythical creature called an alkanost. Instead of a child's head... These night birds had the face of a beautiful woman. See, this com- constantly comes up all the time. It's always some hot woman. These were demons of the women who committed suicide after killing their child. The singing of alkanosts would lure men, driving them mad, whereas they themselves would lay eggs on a beach from which a huge, uncontrollable storm would hatch. <laughs> what? I feel like these are the demons that are that were once human women that aborted their child and then committed suicide. I feel like that probably doesn't happen that often. Yeah. <laughs> that implies there's thousands of them. I feel like historically there's probably not that many women that aborted their child and then committed suicide. Yeah. Has but... anyone watched The Witcher? With... No. Yes, yeah, I have. I have. I watched one episode and then just gave up. It was absolute sure. bollocks, wasn't it? I don't yeah. know why it's so well reviewed. It was <laughs> one of the worst written things I've ever watched in my entire life. I even had the computer game sat in my waiting list um, to play, and I never bothered playing it. I just deleted it. So a lot of the creatures in The Witcher, because a Witcher is a pol, it's a Polish myth. Came from comes from Polish myth. The guy who wrote The Witcher series books is Polish, and a lot of his um, stories and creatures characters come from Polish mythology. So a lot of these things may show up in The Witcher, which is probably why there's so many like hideous old crones or whatever in The Witcher. I don't know. And one of them is called, now I really like this one, Lady Midday and Lady Midnight. So it's called the Paul Ludnika or Lady Midday or Lady Rye. She has many names, although the first term was certainly the most popular. She was feared by everyone working in the field during the July and August heat. 
As the name suggests, she always appears at noon or when the sun shines the most. She came as a tall, pale, thin woman with loose hair and a flowing white robe. Some saw Lady Middays as ghostly skeletons, others just as old women. Others still described them as beautiful women, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Uh, They were supposed to be able to cast a spell on a man under which he lost control of himself. I don't know what they mean by lost control of himself, where he shits himself or he spunks everywhere. I don't know. I would assume it's that he shits himself and also can't right. stop dancing. I actually okay. feel like there's a bit of a theme now where it always seems to be this yep. beautiful woman and they cast spells on men and then yep. they lose control of whatever it is. Is it basically men that do shitty things and then yep. blame women? Blame like, women. Yeah, basically. The, the lady midday wields a sickle. Everyone who fell to the ground from exhaustion, sunstroke or drunkenness while working the field was probably cut down by the field blade of Lady Midday. Oh, and where did they come from? Guess. They were the souls of women who died tragically yes, around their own wedding. They're all the girls who died in their maidenhood, as in virgins. And how could you defend against them? Just keep away from the fields in midday heat. If you died but were still a virgin, you would then decide that you were just going to haunt fields and kill drug men. Yeah. get the correlation. <laughs> Basically, men wanted an excuse to not have to work. I don't know why is dying a virgin such a crime in Poland. Like, you yeah, think that'd be yeah. a good thing because you're then hated? Dying being the opposite would probably be a bad thing as well. Like, you're yeah. damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. It's so just like, like, it's, like oh. you're crap women in the view of many men if you're a virgin or if you're <laughs> anyone who's ever had sex. Yeah. So that goes way back. It's like when I was in Italy in 2017, we went to the Isle of Capri and it was roasting hot and we walked up to the top of Capri because it's on a big hill instead of getting the fucking train that takes you up there in a minute. Um, And then when we got back to Sorrento, David fell ill because he had heat stroke. Apparently that was was Lady Midday that did that to him. (laughs) It's not his fault for not wearing a hat. Maybe that's her She's like, I've never even had any death and they're, they're not wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> Look yeah, after your head there. <laughs> oh, I was pissed last night. Why did you not come home last night, Mark? Oh, uh, I got really drunk and uh, Lady Midday cut me down and made me sleep. <laughs> I don't know. It was Just her fault. Yes. She was literally an excuse. I mean, don't mind me. Don't trust. But then there's the whole neck or Polonic, and he is a man, a little, a naturally short man with a grainy complexion with ears of grain instead of facial hair. <laughs> I like the picture it's of him, it's cute. Um, I'll show you, I'm just going to send a picture of what they think he looks like, and then you can tell me what you think um, of this guy, if I can get my phone up here. I think you're going to like him. Okay, there he is. So you can, you've got a visual aid while I describe him. Oh! oh. <laughs> Well, he's a bit of a cheeky chap, so he walks the field, sometimes at noon, maybe hangs out with Lady Midday, I don't know, sometimes at sunset, and he plays at the expense of the people he encounters. He leads them off into the field, like oh. the wrong way. Um, he likes to trample, strangle those who fall asleep. And he was particularly fond nice. of playing with drunks, to whom he used sophisticated aggression. So he doesn't like drunk people. Originally, see, the thing is, right, originally he played the function as protector of fields and forests. So he probably doesn't appreciate drunk people tramping through his fields and forests, you know, pissing on trees and stuff. So maybe that's why he's a bit aggressive towards people, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. He was taken over by the Velis Leshy and the field dwarf was quickly degraded to the rank of an infernal creature. Like, I think the church just turned him into a demon. Right. But he looks nice. I like him. I like him. He looks fun. He looks cute. Maybe that's why he looks sad, because they've made him out to be a demon. Now yeah. Also. I think he's like the green man, you know, the British equivalent. Mm, yeah, I think that's what he looks like. There's Baba Yaga, which we've we've kind of covered before. I don't know if you remember Baba Yaga. Oh, but I she's, Baba Yaga. Yeah, she's just a hag, basically. They just don't like women, do they? <laughs> she's just an old hag, a rude old woman that lives in the middle of the forest. And she has a mythical house that, that what? <laughs> sits on chicken legs. <laughs> it's got chicken legs. Yeah, that's my favourite bit about her story. 
And she's accompanied by a black cat or yeah, sometimes it's got her a house has legs and instead what? of riding in a chariot, she rides around in a pencil and mortar that she pushes herself along with a pencil and sits in a mortar. She's got sagging breasts and poor eyes. <laughs> That's a shame. She feeds on small children who get lost in the forest. She'd lock them in a cage and fat them up. Is that where the, the Hansel and Gretel tale sort of comes from? Is that a kind of Baba Yaga? Maybe. Woman? I mean, it does seem to... Like, it's a similar story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then there's werewolves, but we know all about them. Oh, here's another one, right? Again, a beautiful woman demon. So she lives in the water, and she's called a Rus- Rusalka, or a water demon. She lives on the banks of lakes and rivers. And there were most often women who had drowned before getting married. It's a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How often does that happen? I don't know. It must happen a lot in Poland. Poland. <laughs> Poland. <laughs> Sorry, Poland. Poland. They appeared as, as beautiful, naked or half-naked women clad in airy shirts or silver robes with fair skin and long green hair. Cool. Their heads were adorned with wreaths of riverside flowers and herbs and apparently in them enchanted power of these Polish demons was found. They tempted men and caused their death by drowning them in a nearby lake. Sometimes they also indulged in a mad dance with the unfortunate fellow until he fell from exhaustion. This sounds like they were probably drowned by someone and then they came back to haunt the person that drowned them. Probably. There's a picture of her. She she looks like the corpse bride kind of creature. They're more capricious and cruel. Sometimes they blinded the men they encountered and sometimes they were able to help them get married. Although they would always put the man to the test and tempt him with their beautiful young bodies. No, again, male style film where she like helps a man get married. I feel like because she doesn't like straight men, maybe it's like she shows up to drown someone and gouge out his eyes. He's like (laughs) Honey, I've not got time for this. I'm off to meet my boyfriend. And then she's like, oh, I love gay people. And then we have like a whole big adventure where she tries to organise his wedding for him. Can we make this film, please? Okay. Thanks. We need a Kickstarter to do it, though, to raise the funds. There she is. I've just sent you a picture of her. She looks quite fun. She's got green hair. (laughs) I've not dyed my hair green yet. That's one of the colours I haven't dyed my hair. Maybe in the film she could try to organise my wedding to the little man with the egg. Corn hair. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like, I don't know, like some sort of comic book character, but I can't place her. Mm. She's pretty cool, I like her. I like her aesthetic. And then there's another woman that's like an old hag with sagging breasts and a terrifying appearance who would switch children with so-called changelings. They would watch a young mother for a long time to react in just the right moment. They would also sometimes use tricks to lure her as far away from her child as possible. It was revenge for their own death in childbirth or during pregnancy. (laughs) Was there any way to protect against them? Yes, you could do tie a red ribbon on the child's hand and a red hat. For some reason, that repels them. It was also best not to approach their habitats, which were the wetlands, bogs, and cavities hauled out on riverside slopes. And if you, think, you shouldn't roll your baby through a bog. That's that's sound advice. And and how and if you didn't succeed in that, how would you be able to recognise that your baby was a changeling placed Ooh. by a mamana? Such kids had a big belly, a disproportionate head very thin limbs and a hairy body and their favourite pastime was emptying the pantry including the alcohol stash they usually <laughs> died before growing up <laughs> maybe um, that's just if you have a really ugly baby and you just want to admit it so you just say oh, I'll swap this I was, I was wondering if I was a changeling I feel like that's a really good description of me <laughs> especially the alcohol what was it unusually large heads very thin <laughs> like, limbs spindly limbs hairy body loves reading the pantry but you didn't die before you grew up. But you so, said usually. Yeah, like tiny usually. Yeah. Like, change are really small. It's like they don't they like they don't grow up and they just stay tiny. Again, I don't know if that's like a really really mean way of them justifying like um. My sister. Oh, maybe yeah. My sister's got a friend whose baby uh, I call the Goblin because it really is not a good looking yeah. baby at all. <laughs> <laughs> just, it really isn't. Maybe it's a changeling too. That's right, too. Oh, <laughs> established that I'm a changeling. This one's really interesting. It's called the Treasurer. It lives underground. It's a, like a mining demon or a mining spirit or a mountain spirit. Maybe it just lived there and then people started mining and then it got oh. pissed off. So 
Oh. He's called the Treasurer. He lives in mines and he guarded the treasures buried there. Miners feared him the most. Their fate depended on this spirit's mood. Seeing the laziness of workers or simply on a whim, he could cause a collapse, flooding and even a fire. Right, so it wasn't their fault. It was the treasurer's yeah, fault yeah. that they had fires, yeah. Oh, the it's like, the theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's the bad that happens. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. <laughs> he was also ruthless and vindictive towards all dishonest miners, as well as those who did not like their work. He was depicted as an old man with a long grey beard and a linen cloth robe holding a pickaxe and a miner's lamp. He looks a bit like Gandalf you know, <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. I mean, he just sounds like an actual old man. Yeah. He's just he's a grumpy old man. Yeah. Very got, well, it's just people like destroyed his home. Except he can transform into a mouse, a black dog or a frog. Yeah, or he's he also all invisible. Into frogs. <laughs> his arrival was heralded by a disturbing tapping sound. I mean, we hear a lot of that in mines. Yeah. Yeah. Got like a walking stick when he walks with it, maybe it's tapping. Although I'm saying, yeah, it was a disturbing tapping sound. Like, you do a lot of tapping sounds in mines, but it's a disturbing <laughs> tapping sound. I've got some vampires in Poland, sort of like various types of vampires. So they've got the Bebok, also known Bebok. as Boogeyman. Bebok! Bebok. <laughs> He's got the height of a child with large and extremely ugly, aged face and all hairy perfect monster to scare your children with so he was basically a children's bogeyman and he was supposed to scare naughty children that didn't want to sleep but he was far too stupid to act on his own so he carried out the orders of witches of course women again bad <laughs> Vasi a legend of rose claiming that bebox are the souls of children who died early and who did not listen to their parents so they liked making mischief and destroying various objects in others homes and once they had their fun they took other disobedient children with them that's just a way of getting your kids to behave basically those ones. Yeah. yeah we're seeing through all their little myths man we're seeing right through them. <laughs> I believe um, everything that you've read so far is true. <laughs> so there's also the Upior or the Wraith. It's a Slavic creepy folklore which is the Polish equivalent of vampires popular around the world thanks to the Twilight Saga. I've never seen the Twilight Saga because it looks really fucking lame and stupid. Is there a Wraith in it? Terrible. It's like the shittest thing you can possibly watch in oh, your life. I don't know, because if one of the characters was a wraith, you wouldn't really know, because they'd just show up and be like, hey, I'll stand over there. Yeah. None of them <laughs> can all act. That they're all off. And they'll just stare each other for ages. Oh. And there's not even really any blood and guts in it either. It's all of shit. Lame. No. Basically, nothing happens in them. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel didn't watch all of them, but... You the kind of think, how many times has... What's his face? Patrick Stewart? No. <laughs> Robert Patterson? Yeah. His character. How many times has he posed as a high school t- um, child just to lure young women? I mean, he must yeah. have done it loads of times, not just that one time. And they all look like adults, but they're at school. And yeah. the whole film is yeah. basically him and the stupid girl one just staring at each other, and her having two people fighting over her, and she does is like staring into each other's eyes while they sparkle. It's the most boring film I've ever seen. Okay, well, these raves. Um, it's a ghost filled with blood with a soft, shaky and unstable body without any meat or bones which is really odd were thought to be living corpses if after digging up the grave the face of the buried person was still ruddy and the casket lid intact meant that the soul had turned into a demon sadly this belief came from a rather frightening fact that in the Middle Ages it quite often happened for people to be buried alive by mistake and here's one for you Yaz it was believed that red-headed, i.e. ginger, left-handed, yeah. and people with overgrown eyebrows became wraiths. Oh. <laughs> so it's literally saying it's that just... ginger people have no souls and no I like this list of things Jazz hates, but also a list of exactly what I'm into. Big <laughs> eyebrows and ginger. <laughs> oh my god. And the <laughs> So if you ever find that one of them dies, you need to, after, after, if you bury them, you need to check, check them later to check the state of the court. But Polish, they, they were also those who were not buried, who were missing or banished from their village. All right. In any case, a wraith could wake up at night and go hunting, devouring the insides of unlucky victim and draining their whole life. So it was worth carrying a few articles for protection, the standard garlic, silver or steak. Each of them would be used to kill the terrible monster. If you knew who the demon was... 
you unearthed her grave, pierced the body with a stake, cut off their head. You need to put it between their legs and then turn them on their stomach. God. If you don't follow that, they'll come back. Terrific. Ginger's um, <laughs> Fucking gingers. So, mm-hmm. unless you've got other stories, like some of the stuff I was looking at was quite related to this as well. Oh, okay. Um, so I was looking at gypsies, which, or like gypsy <laughs> folklore. <laughs> which gypsies? I don't know why I can't say gypsies without laughing. Gypsies. No, I actually have like a bit of a newfound respect for gypsies, like now that I've read all this. But what okay. kind of like what you're saying is like with like their idea of vampires is a bit different because we always think of like Eastern European. That's where like vampire legends actually like come from. But when I was reading about gypsies, like and I didn't realize this. I kind of just you always think of gypsies as being like either like the Irish travelers or like oh. the ones from Romania and stuff like that. But they actually originally came from India. And they actually moved all the way from South India, or then ended up in Eastern Europe, and somehow, and like that's where they were really hated and outcast from the start, is because they were also really dark skinned compared to like also people in Poland and Hungary and stuff like that. But yeah, they, their idea of vampires comes from India as well, and it's every kind of little tribe, I suppose, has different ideas of what vampires are like and they're ones they called mulo or mulo um which means what someone that's dead but they think vampires were made of someone that like died suddenly or like sort of really unexpectedly like had a really a weird death or violent death. yeah oh, okay. death. so that's like really bad in gypsy culture for you to have like this sudden death like or to commit suicide business? as well like yeah business, so you have to come back to finish yeah, the business yeah um, Exactly, that's what they believe. These people are vampires come back because they almost want to sort of punish the person that killed them. Fair enough. Um, so <laughs> I that as well. Yeah, so that they come like hunt down the person that caused their death. But some of them are, like are a bit weird and like they'll yeah they'll just go like kill the person that killed them, or if it's someone that they held a grudge against, or if someone didn't bury them properly, like, they basically come back and sort out whoever they hold a grudge against. But some of them come back, um, like imagine they just had a sudden death. It's not that someone killed them. They'll still come back and they'll look really normal. Um, and they can end up like marrying people and stuff as well, which, yeah, I suppose that kind of fits in with vampire story- stories as well. So like a man vampire might come back and like sleep with his wife or his girlfriend or whatever. Um, and like women ones are the same, like they can even get married and have children and everything. Oh. Um, so it's kind of almost like you've got good ones and bad ones, like depending on how they die. And then actually one of the only ways they believe to kill a vampire is to actually... So if a vampire marries like a non-vampire and they have a child, that child can kill a vampire. And they call them a... a I don't know how to pronounce this, like a vampire. So because that vampire has a really strong connection to, to vampires because they're half vampire, they have the power to kill them. Oh, but we um, even kill your own dad. Oh, I don't think it has to be your dad oh, as okay. such, but it's just you have a connection to like that world. Um, so I, I just it. find that quite an interesting way of perceiving vampires, yeah. um, which is quite cool. It's also, certainly different from the usual kind of like demon vampires yeah. with no souls coming like scared of the cross and stuff like that. It's actually quite redeeming for them. Yeah, gives them a second like, chance. Yeah, it doesn't make them all sound... Like, the ones that came back to do bad things is because someone's done something bad to them, so it's kind of... Like the crow. It's a bit like the crow, you know, when... Mm. You know, you know, the crow. Uh, I've never seen that film all the way, but I know that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the crow, you know, the crow, you know, you know, you know, the crow. You know, the crow. (laughs) I thought you were just going to keep going forever. Yeah. (laughs) So, he's a rock star. He... I think his girlfriend gets killed in front of him or something or raped and then he gets shot and then he comes back as the crow to mm-hmm. exact vengeance on the killers. Yeah, I've never seen the whole that film either, but yeah, it's pretty much the same. Kind of like Candyman as well, does he not come back and cause people have been horrible to him? Um, remember, but why, did he just kill white people then? Or was it only yeah, them in the mirror? Did they not? It was like, like the called them. Slave owners not torture him by yeah they cut off his hand i think like well, go on he just comes back and kills whoever but is that not the point of the earlier films 
Mm-hmm. So I've only seen the one film. I don't know there was more than one. <laughs> yeah, there's loads of Candyman films. Oh. There's going to be a new one as well. I think the Jordan Peele's version of Candyman. Oh, that'll be nice. good. Yeah, that'll be yeah, good. Yeah, get to care and watch that. So whatever, have you learned any of our information yeah. about gypsies? So, you know, I was saying to you how like, they came from India. So basically mm-hmm. the reason that they left India was, you know how India has all those like people are split into social hierarchy systems of castes. The castes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it depends, like, that's how your family are, if you used to be, like, hunters or gatherers or, like, or, I don't know, warriors or whatever. So there was three castes that were kind of cast out. It was basically people that were thieves, musicians and actors and magicians. <laughs> so them, to them, they just thought that they were all, like, heretical people, like, according to religion. So they Jugglers? Literally got, like, out, yeah. Jugglers, actors, anything in like performing arts, they just saw that to be like really awful. So they were just cast out of the country, and then that's why they started to travel and they started to move from like place to place because they were just never wanted anywhere, which I just think is such a shame. Then I was kind of more reading then into like, so weirdly, I thought there would be more like weird mythology things like the vampires and stuff like that, but it does seem to be the place of fairy tales rather than like gruesome creatures. But, like, I know this isn't exactly, like, mythology stuff, but I actually found this article about someone that is, like, an actual, like, Roman gypsy, and she's, like, talking about their life, and it's it's not, like, I don't like, you probably have all these conceptions of, preconceptions of gypsies, like, they're all dirty, and they're all this, and they don't I don't work. think they're all dirty, but... I, I don't know. I'm I would like also that. like to say that I also don't have any of those preconceptions. No, I'm not saying you guys do, I'm just saying what, they, people they, they steal, like, because you steal. said they were say, turned to thieves, and that you know, you hear the story about, oh, I dumped my washing machine outside, and the gypsies took it away, so yeah. I don't need to pay for the disposal charge anymore. <laughs> I do think it's funny, like, when you said steal at the start, because I think there is a sort of thing in, like, our parents' generation where they'll be like, yeah, I slung my mattress out, and then a gypsy stole it, and I'm like, <laughs> but they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you didn't want it, like, can you steal unwanted goods? <laughs> But yeah, like that's what I mean. Like people always think of gypsies in such an awful way that it's women that comes to your house selling pegs and yeah. gypsy selling the pegs is lucky haver and if you say no go away, fuck off, she curses you, yeah. Yeah, there's always like all these horrible, scary things about a gypsy woman cursing you, so you should never be horrible to a gypsy woman because yeah, like she'll drag me for hell. <laughs> oh, oh god, that film sure terrifies me. Yeah. But yeah, if she's selling something, you should definitely buy something from her. Otherwise, she's going to curse you. And again, I think it's people scapegoating horrible things that happen. Blame on the gypsies and the outcasts. But yeah, this girl that wrote this article, she's saying that you're obviously like born into it's heritage. It's not that you're a traveller. It's not like Irish travellers. They're actually, it's a race that, again, goes back to India. So like even their language descends from Sanskrit. And then basically they seem to be very, they don't like outsiders in any way. They'll always stick to themselves. And they have their own, obviously, laws and their own, like, rituals. And, like, this is the part I, like, I didn't appreciate. Like, like a lot of their religion customs come from, like, the original kind of Abrahamic religions. Um, but to the point that they're, like, really, 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 really strict with each other as well. So they have these laws where there's certain things that are, dirty but they call it marim and so if something's marim you can't you can't even say its name at all so like Mm -hmm. if you drop like a cloth on the floor and it gets dirty it becomes marim and it becomes almost forbidden oh but things can be marim so like like your blood is marim so a woman (sighs) on her period becomes marim obviously Uh, um so yeah because you're but even if you're ill that illness is dirty, that illness is marine. What, so, so they just avoid you? Yeah, if That's you're ill, they avoid you completely because they're scared that it, you could catch it. But then this part I find really, like, really sad is yeah. that they believe that even if you're, you could catch it not through the normal ways of catching a disease, i.e. like someone coughs on you or something, but through, like, bad luck where, like, imagine you were ill, Leslie, and I was, like, bitching about you. I would catch your disease, or if I didn't sympathise enough with you, I would I could catch your disease. Oh, okay. So well, it's just like they have to be like. <laughs> but it's like so yeah, it's not just things like blood or urine or like yucky things that are marine. It could be like even just having bad thoughts about someone could make you marine, or even not say cleaning your vegetables or cooking in a certain way makes it marine. So oh, you have to. Then, I know it. Like it just I. 
generally didn't appreciate all this stuff about their blues. Then that's anyway. like, because if you're saying it's they've got a lot of their stuff from Abrahamic religions, that's like um, Ram or is it Trif? Is it Trifa? That's like the I don't know Jewish version of that. I'm sure it sounds very like overly orthodox Jewish. Yeah, very orthodox. Yeah. Jewish. I know, um, like the gypsy trap. No, the the Irish travelers. They always make sure that their caravans are very very clean and they yeah. clean up all the time but it's always the women that have to do it and they don't educate their their yeah. their um, females because they always marry dead early yeah that's it's almost like they're obsessed with cleanliness like mm-hmm. absolutely very. obsessed with it um but to the point that they'll even they'll not eat food from other people because they don't know how you've made it or what you've done Fair enough. It. i used to be like that so when like, i went to my friend's house for dinner and i'd feel weird about eating someone else's oh my God dinner that wasn't for my parents yeah like it is but it's almost an extreme paranoia Mm -hmm. of like that you could just catch things and like or even the illness thing so if you're ill as well they would separate the things like completely so like your toothbrush has to be by itself all your things all your clothes have to be far away from all my things because I could catch the illness off of you like it's so like it is like a paranoia over cleanliness like it's crazy but then how would they get a doctor to them or to help them? Did he just have to see if it just goes away? I mean, yeah, I guess. it's not good. Like, I mean, they, maybe oh. they've got their own sort of healthcare people within the gypsy community. Yeah. They are very insular. They don't like outsiders. Yeah. What is it they call outsiders? But yeah, it's like, it's like you said, it's a really, really insular Gang. culture and insular beliefs where they just, like, you can't ever have a gypsy friend. Like, they will never accept anyone else into their culture. Um, it's just, yeah, I guess I found it really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you know there's um there's a gypsy lore society in the states? A gadget. It's a gypsy lore society. The gadgets. Oh, I or the gadjo. If you're a gadjo or a gorger, various <laughs> re- um, variations on it. That's for an outsider, like oh, the Japanese oh, call white yeah. gaijin for foreigner. Uh, there you go. Or gorgers. Um, <laughs> It's coming all these. Um, I, by the way, there's a Gypsy Lore Society in the States and I couldn't get anything off this website because you have to actually join for $40 a year. Oh. Apparently it's a bunch of people, gypsies. <laughs> like, literally, this page has loads and loads of stuff about gypsy culture on it. And if you're a gypsy, you can join the website and you write your heritage and your culture and ask you what type of gypsy you are. Oh. But I wasn't going to pay $40 to, to join this. Well, you're not a gypsy. They'll find out. I mean, Cash you never it. know. But yeah, and they have like an annual meeting every year as well. I'm like, I, I don't know why this website exists. It's absolutely hilarious. But yeah, you know, I was saying that it's more, they tend to more have lots of fairy tales. So I thought I'd just read like two of their little stories, okay. which I thought were kind of, they, you can see where they, where like our fairy tales kind of come from these stories. And, and um, these are Eastern European gypsies, like Roman, like Roman yeah, gypsies. Yeah, Roman gypsies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this, what's this one? I just like the name of this story. To be <laughs> it's um, Jack and his golden snuff box. <laughs> snuff box. <laughs> so basically, Jack lived with his parents in the forest. He'd never seen anyone else, and he decided to leave one day. So his mother offered him a big cake with a curse on it. So she's a gypsy. Uh, and a little one with her blessing on it. So he took the big one because he didn't know which one was which. And then he met his dad on the way and his dad gave him a golden stuff box um, to only open when there's danger uh, when he's danger of death. So he came to the house and he asked for some food and a place to stay. And the servant of the house um, sort of asked his master, oh, I was like, is there anything like you can do to help us like do a bit of work in the house or like do something like sort of to earn your stay? But the master, no, sorry, the boy asked, is there anything I can do to earn my stay? But the master was a bit evil and he was like, no, like, don't we get, to-? he apparently wanted a lake, like he asked him for a lake or to have a fight basically to the death. Yeah, either I want a lake or you fight me to the death. So it seems oh, like this man just wanted to fight basically. Gypsies, I thought they liked fighting. Or that's probably just Irish gypsies. Oh, I know. See, you've got all these, like, exceptions in your head. See? Then Jack got really, really scared for his life because there was no way he could, like, bite this man and he's obviously not going to find a lake anywhere, like, to just give to him. So Jack opens up the snuff box and three little red men pop out. (laughs) So he tells the little red men what he needs and the red men tell him, like, you just go back to sleep and we, like, sort it all out. Don't worry about it. 
So in the morning when he wakes up, there is like a whole lake there in front of the guy's house. So he was like, amazing, cool, I don't have to fight this man anymore. So the master of the house then said that he had two more tasks. He could either, he could marry his daughter as long as he built the, um, like built the master castle. Oh, for fuck's and marry the daughter. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was ridiculous. So yeah, so because little, he's got little red men, so they built him a castle and he got to marry his daughter. Um, the story's actually a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> so one day they went, I think I'm not going to do this one. So one day as they went hunting together, the valley found the snuff box and it carried the castle and himself over the seas or over this lake. So the master threatened to take Jack's wife from him, but agreed that Jack could have one year and a day to bring back his castle and bring back his lake. So he set out and he met the king of mice who summoned all the mice in the world. My God, the story's actually not this making any sense now. He summoned all the mice in the world and none of them had seen the castle or the lake. So he sent Jack on the king of frogs, giving him a new horse. Well, I'm left asking to come with a match. I feel like I'm tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> so little mice asked him to come with him. Jack tried to refuse on the grounds of offending the king, but the mouse told him it would be better. So the king of frogs summoned all the frogs in all the world. And one of them had seen the castle. He sent Jack on to the king of birds. Little frog asked him to come with him again. Again, Jack was told to come with them. So the king of birds summoned all the birds in the world. <laughs> then at last an eagle came and he told him that he knew where the castle was. So the eagle carried him on his back and they found the mouse and they stole the box back. And they crawled, crawled, crawled uh, they fought all the way back and the box then fell in the sea. And then the frog retrieved it. And when he returned to the king of the birds, he had the little men retrieve the castle. <laughs> the what? men all waited until everyone was there, but I could have made left for a dance. And then they asked him whether they would rather go or stay. And when they said go, they told him to run into the castle. Then Jack carried them to the king of frogs and next to the king of mice. When he left, and he let him ride on his way home to the horse. And then he had all the little men bring him the castle and he got his wife back. Like, that's the most ridiculous story that, I've ever heard. That was fucking weird. Like, I don't want an effort to get... Wait, how did the castle and the, the lake disappear? Because he lost, uh, because a mouse stole the box. So right. when he got the box, he could do what he wants. We got I just to w- take. That was also the bit that confused me, which also made me feel <laughs> weird and trippy because I was like, I don't understand where the, I know the box is gone, but I don't know where the lake's gone or the castle's gone. Oh, that might be me just reading it crap. So basically, he, um, <laughs> what do you call it? I think he's ringing. So, no, so basically because he lost the box or it was stolen, the mouse stole the snuff box. And because you've got the box, then you get the castle and you get the, the lake oh. as well. So he basically stole the castle. And that's why Jack had to go to the King of Mice to say, hey, your mouse stole my castle. Um, and then I like that you have like the King of the mouse running off with the box and then being very confused that there's a lake and a castle following it. Well, I it's all magic, though, right? Yeah. Mad- the three little red men, they just come yeah. with the box. <laughs> snuff box. The snuff box. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they seem to have lots of really bizarre ass stories, basically. That so I think very... that one's exhausted me a little bit. Oh, <laughs> so. That story reminds me of Hans Christian Andersen, who went around um, collecting some stories. Oh no, that was the, the Brothers Grimm as well. But I'm sure Hans Christian Andersen wrote a story about the flying trunk. I feel like a lot of stories from back then were probably from this kind of Eastern European era, like the Grimm oh, stories and yeah. stuff like that. They're all like horrible, horrible stories. And then they were sort of watered down for children over the years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Mark, what have you got for us? Um, well, I've got two Slavic mythical creatures. I couldn't say what order to do them in, but I've now decided because one of them relates to what Yaz was talking about to do with cleanliness, but also your whole thing, Leslie, of like creepy women. women. <laughs> yeah. Women. Creepy women. Uh, so the first one I looked at was the Melos Neats. Translate it into English means merciful one. Oh, lovely. But this isn't actually because it's merciful. It's because oh. if they arrived in your village, you would beg them to spare your children. So oh. you'd be shouting at them like, Melos Neats, Melos Neats, which is like, please be mer- please be a merciful one, please be a merciful one. So, you know. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's part of Slavic mythology that all plagues including COVID-19, I've decided they didn't actually say that in the site, but that is a plague. So <laughs> Could be, yeah, that is, that is a plague. COVID-19 are the result of the Melos, Melosnitz 
So there are 12 Milosnites uh, who were created by the god of evil and darkness, Chernobog. So they've got this god who, but he's not like, I mean, he is like the devil, but he's not like the devil, if that makes sense. So they've not got like a monotheistic uh, pantheon. So they've got lots of different gods. So they've got their god of good and light, and then they've got their god of evil and dark. So Chernobog is this god of evil and darkness. So the Milosnites are effectively like his daughters he creates all 12 of them. So they're like plague maidens? Yeah, basically they're the maidens of the plague. Lovely. So kind of all 12 are like kick-ass. Sorry, guys. I said yeah. they sound really like kick-ass, don't they? Kick-ass plague maidens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should have a reality TV show about them. <laughs> so all 12 of them are, they're very tall, uh, they're all very pale, and they have beautiful dark hair, but it's always very unkempt. Um, they never travel on their own, so you would never see a Milos Knight. There's always three or four Milos, Ni- Milos Knights together. And they all dress entirely in black because they love the goth lifestyle. Goths. Obviously. Cause they're kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> but they also cause death and plague. <laughs> so, Which I suppose what goths would do. If they enter a yeah, town exactly. or a village... Everyone they touch, kiss, try to touch or try to kiss would fall out. So that's not necessarily with the plague. So let's say like three of them showed up in your town. So if one of them winched your pal, but the other one tried to winch you, but you weren't into it, then both you and your pal would like get the flu. But if all 12 arrived in your town or village at once, then a plague without a cure, without any possible cure would begin, which confused me because I'm like, but if it's part of their mythology now, but we have cured some of the plagues. But basically, that's what the myth is. So if all 12 of them arrive in your town, that means that your town's then going to be the epicentre for a new plague. Mm. Oh, that's... Yeah. I think that's a new basically. <laughs> and you're... <laughs> They're cu- probably oh, currently right. in India right now. Mm. Mm. Oh. So, is there any way to stop them? No, you that's, said there that's isn't. That's what I was about to tell you. So you okay. can avoid the ill effects of the Milo Snipe by... Uh, lighting a fire at the nearest crossroads outside of your town or village because if you have a fire lit at the crossroads then it doesn't matter whether it's like a small number of them and they're coming to give you the flu or it's all 12 of them they'll always stop at the bonfire to warm themselves so as long as you've got somebody on lookout and you can see them gathering there then what you would do is once they've gathered at the bonfire to warm themselves uh, people from your town would then head out to meet them uh, bring them food and drink and then basically you would just like have a party with them. So if they if you get them to stop outside the town instead of them arriving in the town and making everyone ill, if you bring them food and drink, they'll just like stay outside and they'll like have a party with you, they'll sing along with you. Nice. Golf yeah, likes party. Have a fun night. Yeah. We golf party and then head on their way to whatever else they're gonna go and give everyone else the plague. <laughs> you can imagine that video. Quite, and it's quite pleasant. <laughs> Well, so if they're not them. killing you. I mean, I think if I think you go to a bonfire party, then you can kiss yeah. them all you want, and that's fine. I think the lesson we've learned there is always be nice and hospitable to goths. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll die in a horrific, horrific way where exactly. you your runs up through your eyes. <laughs> Which is what you deserve. <laughs> but an even nicer one than them is the Zime, who are really like... So the Zime are dragon-like creatures, but they're... Well, not but lots of dragons are perfectly nice. Uh, they're all known to be exceptionally friendly and helpful dragon-like creatures. They really, really like humans, and if you encounter one, they'll look out for you. And is it like, like the, luck, the luck dragon like, from the Neverending Story? Yeah. Oh, oh, or the um, the one that had to change your dragon. Yes. Titlist. Oh, yeah, they like to hug, and they're just big, snuggly creatures. So the reason for that is because all Zime used to be either pet roosters, friendly cart, domesticated horses, pet oxes, pet rams, or pet dogs. What were they about? And, and it's a bit like the, oh, what was the thing that we looked at in one of our very first episodes? You know the creatures that like used to be foxes and then they grow so old they stop oh. being fox or a badger? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, Kitsune. Kitsune, yeah. Yes, well, <laughs> basically like the European version of Kitsune. Kitsune. Basically, if any of those creatures live to be over 100 years old, then they begin to transform into Azime. Now, Azime develop and they transform and they turn into these sort of dragon-like creatures. They might grow multiple heads, although some 
uh, remain only having one throughout their whole life. And they become absolutely huge. They like basically start to grow exponentially. But whatever they sort of change into, although they're these like dragon-like creatures, they always resemble the creature they started out as. So like the ones that have that are really really old carp turn into like water dragons, and they don't have any legs. Oh, that's quite cool. And then the ones that um, used to be roosters are like big, obviously wing dragons that fly about, Everybody. and they've got uh, like big beaks. And the ones that used to be dogs, uh, they're like big sort of fuzzy dragons. Oh, like the lock dragon. Yeah, I yeah. Imagine. <laughs> What's in the Brittany story? He's a he's a luck dragon, right? What's what his name? Story? I can't remember his name, but he has up. a luck dragon, I'm sure. Yeah, he's white and he's got a pink face. Yeah, yeah he's basically just like a really big old dog. So yeah, now people might say, well, if it's if all these animals are living to over a hundred and they grow. Falcor, like... sorry. Oh, so some people might say, right, why aren't these things all over Slovakia then? Uh, but apparently they are, but they can turn invisible. So sometimes if you like hit into something and there's nothing there, and you're like, what was that? Or if you trip over something, it'll be like you've walked into his email or you've tripped over his email's tail. But, I mean, I'm like really clumsy, but I don't think I've ever walked into like nothing. No. <laughs> Have you ever you been to Slovakia? Nope. <laughs> I really want to go there now and, and try and make friends with one of these things, especially the dog ones. I've been, I really liked it. I didn't meet any email as far as I know, but... Well, the reason for that is because, so if they turn invisible, which they can basically choose to turn on and off, but they spend most of their time invisible, and they're invisible to everything but their true love. So, like, if you've got, like, two dogs that are, like, a wee matey pair of dogs, and they both turn into Zime, then even when they're invisible, they can still see each other. Sometimes a Zime will fall in love with, or, to be fair, it might not be an invisibility thing, they might just casually bang a human women, which... (laughs) I felt it was the most random part of the story. Yeah, I don't want to bang one, thanks. No, no. <laughs> if you want to bang a gigantic dog, but some... Not, I'm not into that. that. It doesn't say anything about men, so apparently human men, they're not out banging Zime, but some human women are. So if you are in love with a Zime, or if you just happen to have a one-night stand with one, and you fall pregnant, then you'll have a baby that isn't a human or a Zime. Your baby will be a Zim... Hold on, a Zimaye... <laughs> A Zimayevite. So a Zimayevite is a different, is another kind of Slavic mythological creature which is half Zime, half human. So Zimayevites look like normal children and grow up to look like normal adults, but they have larger heads than a normal baby or a normal adult would have, and they have much larger eyes. So basically, like people that have big heads with huge eyes. Uh, are maybe Zemavites, and the only way to check for sure is to look under their armpits, and if they have tiny hairy wings under their armpits, <laughs> then that's how you know that they're Zemavites. That sounds like um, my sister's friend's baby, Robin baby. <laughs> I haven't checked under her arms, but maybe I will next time. <laughs> so She's probably yeah, that's, one of those that's my, my Zeme chat. I like the goths, but I don't... I, I, I don't know. I prefer the Azimi, I think, to the Goths. Because yes. the Goths can really fuck you up if you're not happy with your party. But well, the Azimi, yeah. wouldn't they? They're always going to be like helpful and supportive and lovely. And also, if you're out there and think, I've always wanted to fuck an 800-year-old <laughs> gigantic fish, then... I mean, oh, must have some moves after 800 years. They must know what you do. True. You must actually. You're changing my mind now, yes. What a new experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. If you had to date a Zime, so it's either so what are our options? A giant rooster, a giant carp, a giant horse, a giant ox, a giant ram or a giant dog. What what are you gonna go out with? I'm gonna go out with a carp since I've got a preference for fish. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm I think I'd say the rooster because that's the flying one, and I could be like, "Oh, that'd be great because when you want to go on holiday." Is it the rooster? Like, oh, is it? Well, my husband, the Zima, is flying me to the south of France. Good day to you all. <laughs> Did you just want the rooster because it'll be a big cock? <laughs> <laughs> a big cock that can grow exponentially, according to the legend. Flying to Paris. 
Oh, I seen piranhas earlier today when I went to Deep Sea World, and they were glittering like gold. They had glittery oh, skins. That's quite cool. But the weird thing about the piranhas was they didn't swim. They just like they just look like they're suspended in animation. They just don't move. But they're just waiting. Oh, maybe they're waiting for something to come near them. So can just well, who knows? But they were not moving. They the only thing that sort of moved were their mouths. With our smart teeth. Mm-hmm. That's very weird. Not a fan Should of piranhas. Azimi time can stay. <laughs> if I could have a, an Azimi piranha rather than mm-hmm. a cart, that would be quite cool. I was just no, thinking that, that, but then you couldn't, could you? Because they have to be, they get like basically blessed with their long life for being so lovely and friendly. So, sorry, I'm just clambering over because the cat is clawing at the window again. Um, <laughs> oh. But yeah, I'd be scared of its teeth. Like, I'd, I'd ride it. And then it would it would be like a protector with its teeth. So if anything mm-hmm. wanted to harm me, then it would bite me. But then they don't do no, that, do they? They're nice. Again, but, but now what? He's, no, he's going back out again. He's coming to see you instead. <laughs> who, who are you talking to? My cat. That is, it's really nice. Sorry, guys. My cat's causing drama. He's waiting to see my neighbour. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'll just jump up and let him in because he's calling at the window. But now he's just seeking attention. Come on, Mark. Get back here. Get over here. You're back here. You're delaying my chippy. Like I know. God's sake. <laughs> okay, are you getting a full <laughs> fish supper? I'll see you later yeah, on. Yeah. I'm getting excited. With chips mm. and cheese. Mm. Oh. Oh. Hi. 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 Sorry, the cat's just uh, being a wee bam, as he always is every week when we record. <laughs> He's literally calling to get in the window, and I thought, oh, I feel really bad. I'll just get up and let him in. And then the minute I opened the window, he sprinted as fast as he could, way over to where my neighbour was, and then started rolling round on her feet. And she was like, oh, hello. I was like, yeah, good cat. I opened my front door, and, and another cat just ran in. The house. It had oh, a collar and a bell on it, but it just ran and every. It just started running about my house. I was like, "What the fuck is going not on?" The two that you use. No, see? no. This one has a collar and a bell. It was black and it was mostly black with a wee Hitler tash. Um, <laughs> and that is um just me of horrible things happening in the world right now. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. I know what you mean. I know who are who are being Hitlers right now. I know what you're mean. I know what you're talking about. Yes, the persecuted have become the persecutors. They someone to me today that it just seems like a social media call. thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, that's disgraceful. Disgraceful yeah. thing to do. The media are evil. Yeah. Hey, What's our next topic? I don't know. Pick a number between one and eight and I'll tell you. Five. Uh, Daily Mail shite. Daily Mail shite. Daily Mail shite. How apt. Isn't that weird? I said to you. (laughs) That is very evil. And then I pick five, which is the Daily Mail shite. So next week we will look at things that are... Bullshit headlines and paper... um, Yeah, yeah, because I've got... I can do the sun. Yeah, so we're going to look at, like, fictions published by the media. Yeah. Ah, okay. Like, for example, okay. the son once claimed that Elton John had removed his dog's voice box so that they would <laughs> bark. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. It's like the, what, I think we came up with this, I mean, really ages ago, because it was that episode we did, which I think was before you joined Jazz, where yeah. I talked about the whole Daily Mail article on Winterval that they run every oh, couple yeah. of years about how there's a Muslim community and they just change the place in Britain every year that are demanding that Christmas is cancelled and replaced with Winterval, even though that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> it's literally never happened anywhere and it's, it's just a completely made up story. And it's the Muslims' fault somehow. Yep. <laughs> I prefer it was called Winterval than Christmas, so I like that idea. It's always our fault. It's always our fault. Only, only in the Daily Mail's eyes. Yeah, that's true. No, sadly not only in the Daily Mail's eyes, especially in the Daily Mail's eyes. And it was one when we were having the uh, independence referendum campaign in Scotland and one newspaper, I don't know whether it was the Sun or the Daily Mail, but they claimed that uh, if if Scotland became independent, then we would be invaded by aliens. So that was one of the reasons why we should vote no. I feel like you could just say the first random, like, slightly <laughs> homophobic thing that pops into your head, and it might well be a Daily Mail headline. Like, are Muslims stealing your eyes? Obviously. <laughs> All the time. 
<laughs> I think well, the Teletubbies trying to convert your children into being homos. <laughs> they, they did do that. Remember Tinky Winky had a handbag and they were <laughs> oh, yeah. That actually was. My mum was so convinced that they were trying to ch- turn children gay with his <laughs> handbag. I'm like, eh, don't think it works like that, really. He, but, he isn't a real person. <laughs> yeah. a horrible thing. I don't think he has a gender. <laughs> right, well, you oh. can get your chippy, as, and I'll go and have a nice, lovely cup of tea, and hopefully my headache will go away. Lovely. Oh, I'll get better. Bye, a gypsy. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Mark. Hello. Hi, are you still there? Okay. Bye. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Okay. Bye. Chris, so, man.